Church, uh, welcome to you and welcome if you're joining us uh, via Zoom. We trust that you will sense the presence of the Lord uh, wherever you're joining us today. Our call to worship. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Amen. So if you're able, please stand and we'll worship as we sing together. Come. Now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to worship Him. Come, now is the time to give your Just as you are before your God, come. Let's sing that again. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to Just as you are to worship, come, just as you are before your God, come, one day, one day every tongue will confess you are God, one day every knee will bow. Greatest treasure remains to those who gladly choose you now. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your
to be together to worship you. We've come to be a part of something bigger than just ourselves. And we're thankful for the opportunity to gather. We're thankful for the opportunity to access this service remotely. It's good to remember that it's not just us on our own. Because from time to time, Father God, it does feel lonely. So to know that there are others here, but not just here, all around the world, uh, who are worshipping you on this day, to be a part of that great company uh, is wonderfully encouraging. And of course, there is that great heavenly host who are ever praising your name. And as we come in this way, we join our voices to theirs. A great throng calling out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. We stand in the presence of your awesome majesty and might. And we become very conscious of our own shortcomings. The things that we should have done that we didn't do. The things that we should have said that we didn't say. The things that we did do that haven't brought honour and glory to your name, opportunities missed to say a word for you. Lord, when we look sometimes at our lives, we realise it's, you know, we're not doing as well as we might. We're sorry about that. It's easy for us to say this, but we genuinely want to do something to change. So just put your finger on those things, Lord, that we need to do to bring our lives into line with your will for us. That's our heart's desire, really. To be all that you want us to be. 
to live easily under your yoke. To find satisfaction. To rediscover again the purpose that you have for us and for our lives, individually and together. Draw near, Lord, we pray. And bless us with every good thing. Amen. Today is uh, our Rededication Sunday. Uh, We're going to renew our promises to God. Uh, The words will come up on the screen. Uh, I think the response, if you're following on the screen, for you is in yellow, is that correct? No. Is it bold? Yes, good, excellent. (coughs) So... uh, The bold type is the bits, friends, uh, for you to say. We are called today to renew our pledge to God. In doing so, we are responding to God's love. For we are saved not by our obedience, but by God's grace. As I read the promises, please echo them in your own heart. And join with me in saying the words in bold at the end. We come again to offer ourselves to God, not in our own strength, but through our Lord Jesus Christ and with the help of the Holy Spirit. We rejoice in God's love and acknowledge Christ died for us and rose to new life. So great is his love and its power. He saves us from sin and death and wants us to have the very fullness of life here and hereafter. The Lord pours his Holy Spirit upon us to guide, inspire and equip us that we might be his people and he our God. Thanks be to God. Let us remind ourselves that as we are called by God to follow Jesus Christ, we are also called to love God with all our hearts, to love our neighbours as ourselves to love each other as God has loved us, to bring all people the good news of God's love in Jesus. Help us, we humbly pray. We now ask God to draw from each of us a deeper commitment through the year ahead as we we renew our vows to God. Holy Father, we accept your call and dedicate our lives to you anew. We promise we will try to do your perfect will at all times, whatever it may be and wherever it may lead us. Help us, we humbly pray. We're now going to renew our vows as part of Spurgeon Baptist Church. So will the members and regular participants at Spurgeon Baptist Church please stand And I will say on behalf of us all, Lord God, we thank you for calling us into this fellowship. We promise with your grace to strive always to love and serve one another. Forgive those who wrong us, bear one another's burdens, encourage and not judge one another. Be loyal to our fellowship. Perform our tasks prayerfully in this church sharing in the financial support, 
in the offering of our time and talents, in the making of fellowship decisions, and in regular attendance and worship, faithfully, cheerfully, and well. Help, Help us, us, we humbly pray. pray. And now, as a whole congregation, in whatever capacity you feel called to follow him, please join us in standing as we commit to serve his word. Father and Lord of all, we know that we can only serve you by serving our fellow men, women and children. We promise that we shall always strive to feed the hungry, befriend the stranger, visit and help the needy, and play our full part in the life of the world around us. Amen. Thank you, friends. Do sit down. Let's hear God's word. Uh, this reading is from Genesis 39 and tells the story of Joseph and Potiphar's wife. Now Joseph had been taken down into Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian, who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph and he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favour in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So he left in Joseph's care everything he had. With Joseph in charge, he didn't concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was well built and handsome, and after a while his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, Come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And there she spoke to Joseph day after day. He refused to go to bed with her, or to even be with her. One day he went into the house to attend to his duties, and none of the household servants were inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, Come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. When she saw that he had left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house, she called her household servants. Look, she said to them, this Hebrew has brought us, has brought to this Hebrew has been brought to us to make sport of us. He came in here to sleep with me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream for help, he left his cloak behind and ran out of the house. She kept his cloak beside her until his master came home. Then she told him this story. 
That Hebrew slave who brought us came to me to make sport of me. But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. When his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, This is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favour in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care, because the Lord was with Joseph, and gave him success in whatever he did. Amen. We'll sing together once again. If you're able, please stand as we sing, Here I Am, Wholly Available. Available. 
Let us pray. Father God, once again we've come to say thank you in this most practical of ways. Please take all that we have and all that we are and use even us to further your kingdom. Amen. Amen. Now if you're involved with Junior Church, it's time for you to take your leave. The Lord be with you. Oh, well done. Yeah. <laughs> Let us pray. Once again, Lord, we thank you for the great privilege and responsibility of intercessory prayer, of coming to pray uh, for other people, other situations, some of whom we won't ever know personally, situations or people. Please, God, we never find ourselves in a position where we're facing a tsunami, which is what is happening uh, in Tonga, what has happened in Tonga, following the underwater earthquake and volcanic eruption. Pray for all the people there that have uh, had to move very quickly to higher ground. We ask, Lord, that you would draw near to them as they watch and wonder quite what will be left of family, friends, homes, businesses, livelihoods. We're very aware of uh, growing tension on the Ukrainian border as Russian forces build. We know that there's been quite intense diplomatic conversation back and forth between Russia and Western powers. We pray that a satisfactory resolution might be found and that people will not find themselves on the front line of a conflict that nobody really wants. BMS encourage us to pray regularly uh, for their situations and their personnel. And we pray, <clears throat> we pray particularly today for Anne Bottomley, who is trying to sort out uh, visa issues in India so that she might come home uh, for a visit. We pray for Anne and ask, Lord, that you would draw near to her. We ask that she might know your peace in the midst of what might be fairly turbulent circumstances. We're aware that the Indian government are currently quite hostile to anyone that is not espousing a Hindu way of life. We know that there are laws in place which forbid conversion in some states. Uh, and there are moves afoot to try and make that a national law. We 
authorities, both national and local, are making it very difficult for any religious grouping other than their own to find a way forward. So we pray that Anne might feel safe where she is. She's worked in that country, and it's a country she loves for many, many years. We pray that there will be folk around her to encourage her and that you, by the power of your spirit, will hold her firmly in your grasp. We pray for everything that happens out of this building and this week we focus particularly on what's happening with the community larder and for the way in which uh, a lunch has been introduced, is being introduced this week. We pray, Father, that many will attend, both from within the churches and those users of the larder. We pray that relationships will be formed, that trust will be built, and that the opportunities will come in due course to say a little about you, the Jesus we know and love. We also pray for our town, for Milton Keynes. And in these difficult days, we pray for all those that run businesses, that own businesses, that manage businesses. It's been very difficult over the last two years for many. We particularly think about those who work in hospitality. It is so important, Lord, that there are good places to stay, good places to eat and drink and meet, uh, good places to conduct business, good places to recruit. The pandemic has had such a massive effect on all of us. We pray particularly for those who are facing uncertain futures in terms of work because of what's happening. We pray, Father, that you might move somehow uh, amongst your people to support and encourage those business folk that we may know. We gather up all of our prayers as we say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Amen. So the Joseph story. Uh, and in, in this particular chapter, we hear for the first time a refrain that will become a regular refrain. The Lord was with Joseph. Uh, sometimes, actually, it's quite hard to see how that could be so. Uh, but that is exactly uh, what is true. Uh, 
let's just remember uh, how Joseph comes to be where he is. Um, he has a dream, doesn't he, when he's 17 years old. Uh, <clears throat> and he shares that dream with his brothers. And the dream is simply this. We were out in the field gathering corn, making sheaves. And my sheaves stood up straight and tall, and all of your sheaves gathered round and bowed down. And then he had a second dream, didn't he, where the sun, moon, and 11 stars bowed down to Joseph. And he shared that with his brothers and with his father. And his brothers hate him. And his brothers want to do away with him. And his brothers are considering murder. And were it not for Reuben, that is exactly what would have happened to Joseph <clears throat> out in the fields uh, when he was sent by his father to find them and see how they were getting on. Dreamers are dangerous people, aren't they? They upset the status quo. Uh, and uh, they, they get under our skin somehow. So the brothers decide to get rid of him. They sell him into slavery. Uh, they take that very fine coat which dad had made for him, tear it, dip it in the blood of an animal that they've killed. And they tell dad that he's been killed by a wild beast. And they thought they had done away with him. They thought they had got rid of this troublesome dreamer. But they haven't. Three times in this chapter, you hear the refrain, <clears throat> the Lord was with Joseph. Verse 2, verse 21, and verse 23. Uh, that implies security. To know that you are in the hands of the Lord, no matter what your circumstance, is really, really important. And there may well be times in your own life when you dearly need to know that the Lord is with you, despite what your circumstances may be saying to you. And the circumstances of Joseph's life are not what one would expect from a blessed person. Not really. Uh, sold into slavery. Falsely accused by your employer's wife. Thrown into prison. The Lord was with Joseph. One might think that was going to ring a little bit hollow. But God is very hidden in this narrative. Uh, and it is clear, as you read the story, that God is working out his purpose for this family and through this individual. But it's not always easy to see. And I find that helpful for my own life uh, and for the life of those uh, that I'm looking after. Because very often, you know, one can look at the circumstances of your own life and wonder, where is God? Where is God in this? And certainly over recent weeks and months, I've said to God, where are you in all of this? What are you doing? Because it's very hard sometimes to discern exactly what God is up to. And of course there is a, a sort of school of thinking. And certainly in, in a part of the Old Testament for a period in the Old Testament. Um, if one was being blessed by God, then it was absolutely apparent 
because you would be successful in everything that you were doing. You would be wealthy. You would be well married. You would have lots of children and lots of sons. Uh, if you were in business, your business would be going well. Th these were all counted as signs of God's blessing. But it's not an easy life for Joseph. There are no riches. There's no comfort at this particular point. There's a pit. There's slavery. There's false accusation. There's imprisonment. Uh, and the circumstances would suggest that God is not blessing. But the fact of the matter is, God is blessing. Emmanuel, God with us. The Lord was with Joseph. I wonder sometimes, you know, when we do that, all of that stuff in uh, Advent, in the run up to Christmas, and we start to think about the names of Jesus, he will save, Emmanuel, God with us. Um, sometimes it's easy just to hold that for a week or two and then forget. And then we move beyond Christmas. But the truth is still the same. Emmanuel is still Emmanuel. God with us is still God with us. So what does it mean to live that truth? How do we live faithfully in the light of that promise if the circumstance of your life seems to be shouting the opposite? How do we remain faithful to what God has said to us? Well, I think each of us will have to work that out for ourselves in the circumstances of our own lives. But to hold fast to the promise of God in the midst of your circumstances is a key skill to learn. Certainly, Joseph seems to have learned it. One never hears of him complaining in this story. Uh, you will hear him acknowledge what has happened later when he's face to face with his brothers once again. Uh, you will hear him say, you meant this for ill, but God meant this for good. Joseph seems to be in tune with what God is doing. That is a really key skill for Christians to grasp and to develop. And I think it only comes with regular contact with God. I think it only comes you know, when we are regularly in touch with God. And we talk about quiet time and we talk about prayer and we talk about worship. Uh, and certainly that has been one of the threads that has run through all that we have done in my time here. You know, we've had specific seasons where we've called everyone to prayer. We've focused on uh, some teaching on Sundays on prayer and what it is and what it means. We had quite some weeks last year in the Lord's Prayer. So we're all aware uh, that it's necessary. Um, we're also aware that it's not easy. Uh, and I'm very aware that it's not easy. But I would encourage you, friends, to continue to persevere, to spend time with God, perhaps to spend a little more time quietly with God, with a piece of scripture, rather than coming to tell him things. Sit quietly with him and his word and let him tell you some things. 
you might be surprised. Think when you do that, your eyes are in the right place, not the wrong place, when you look for, for blessing. God was with Joseph in all of his trials and in all of his difficulties. Jesus never says to any of his followers, follow me and life will be dandy. What he says is, take up your cross, deny yourself and follow me. Right at the end of his earthly life, before, he's, uh, before he ascends, after he's uh, raised from the dead and before he ascends, he says to his followers, I will be with you to the end of the age. We need to hold fast to that promise. Uh, and if you are going to spend a few more moments this week quietly with God, allowing him to speak to you, that could well be a good place to go to, a good place to start that verse or two when Jesus ascends and makes that promise just to sit with him and to allow that dream, uh, to allow, sorry, to allow those few words, that promise that he makes to us to get into the very fibre of your being. So Joseph, God's dreamer, when he's 17 years old, he's given a dream by God and effectively he's told at some point you will rule and you will reign and you will wield power and that is the vision for his life. That is God's vision for his life. And Joseph speaks that vision out. And as he does, a couple of things happen. Uh, there's a chain of events which begins which will make his words a reality. His words will become flesh. And the other thing that happens is the brothers try to steal the dream. Uh, an enemy seeks to steal that dream. The brothers in the, <clears throat> in the first instance, then the slave traders, now Potiphar's wife. And as the story unfolds, we'll see others that want to deny the reality of the dream. And you see this in the Gospels with God. He speaks a love word to the world and Jesus comes into the world. The word becomes flesh. And as soon as this happens, someone comes along and tries to destroy the dream. The slaughter of the innocents, Herod, wanting to get rid of every male baby under the age of two when he learns when the new king has been born. The wilderness, temptations for Jesus, the cross, we can see it unfold. Now, what has God given us as a dream, as a vision for our life, for our life individually, for our life as a church? I wonder, have you spoken it out? Have you said anything about it? If you have, don't be surprised if someone seeks to oppose. But don't be afraid and don't worry. If it is God's word over your life, if it is God's word over the life of this church, it will come to be. Because God is faithful. And that's the thing that we can hold fast to 
in all of this sorry saga in chapter 39 of, uh, of Genesis. And it is, I mean, it is soap opera, isn't it? You see it written every day in soap operas. Come and sleep with me. No. Come on, you're a good-looking fella. I'm your boss's wife. Come and sleep with me. No. 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 She's unrelenting. And he never gives in. Uh, And then she catches him one day when there's nobody else in the house. Come on, sleep with me. No. Grabs his cloak. He runs out of the house. And she tells a story. And it's not true. And what can he say? Nothing. He's a slave. He's got no power. He has no influence. Falsely accused. The Lord was with Joseph. It's interesting. I mean, we've some ground to cover before we come to the fulfilment of Joseph's dreams. And it is quite a long time uh, before the dreams become reality for Joseph. But they do become reality. They absolutely do. God remains faithful to Joseph and to the promise that he has made to him. And Joseph trusts him and remains faithful to God. And I suppose that is the thing that I want to try and hold on to in the midst of this chapter of disaster for Joseph. Yet another chapter of disaster for Joseph. God is faithful to him and holds on to him. And Joseph, in his turn, seeks to do the same. Let us pray. We have already sung, Lord, here I am wholly available. As for me, I will serve the Lord. And that is what we want to do. We want to be faithful to you. Faithful to the call on your lives, on our lives. Um, that's what our rededication piece was all about earlier. We long to see your purpose worked out among us, both for us as individuals and for us as a church. And we pray, Father God, that you will have your way among us. Draw near to us, Father as we seek to draw near to you. Amen. So we'll sing together once again, and after uh, this song we will gather around the Lord's table. If you're able, please stand as we sing, Give Thanks to the Lord.
If you truly and earnestly repent of your sins and are in love and charity with your neighbours and are resolved to lead a new life following the commandments of God and walking henceforth in his holy ways, then draw near with faith and take this sacrament to your comfort and growth in grace. Come to this sacred table not because you must, but because you may. Come not to testify that you are righteous, but that you sincerely love our Lord Jesus Christ and desire to be his true disciples. Come not because you are strong, but because you are weak. Not because you have any claim on heaven's rewards, but because in your frailty and sin you stand in constant need of heaven's mercy and help. I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. He also said, listen, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice and open the door, I will come into the house and eat with them and they with me. Let us pray. Lord God, we come to your table trusting in your mercy and not in any goodness of our own. 
we are not worthy even to gather up the crumbs from under your table. But it is your nature always to have mercy, and on that we depend. So feed us with the body and blood of Jesus Christ, your Son, that we may forever live in him, and he in us. Amen. The Apostle Paul tells us of the institution of the Lord's Supper. For the tradition which I handed on to you came to me from the Lord himself, that on the night of his arrest, the Lord Jesus took bread, and after giving thanks to God, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in memory of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant sealed by my blood. Whenever you drink it, do this in memory of me. For every time you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. We read that Jesus offered a prayer of thanksgiving for bread and for wine, and we shall do the same. Let us pray. We thank you, Father, for bread and for wine, ordinary things which become extraordinary in your hands. We thank you that you've given us this real, tangible act, memorial. Words to read, things to think about, but food and drink, things to hold and to touch and to taste and to see. It reminds us of the physicality of what happened to you, your brokenness, your blood poured out, that we might be free. As we eat and drink, Lord, may we do so with thankful hearts. Amen. So after the Lord had given thanks, he took the bread and he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Whenever you eat this, remember me. We shall eat the bread as we receive it.
In the same way, he took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant sealed by my blood. Whenever you drink this, remember me. We retain the cup and drink together. It is the blood of Christ that cleanses us from all sin. Father of all, we give you thanks and praise that when we were still far off, you met us in your Son and brought us home. Dying and living, he declared your love gave us grace and opened the gate of glory. May we who share Christ's body live his risen life. We who drink his cup bring life to others. We whom the Spirit lights give light to the world. Keep us firm in the hope you have set before us so that we and all your children shall be free and the whole earth live to praise your name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. We sing our closing song together, I the Lord of Sea and Sky. I 
Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, Son and Holy Spirit, 
rest upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.